fit i'm back again with 10 albums that that have meant a lot to me they're not necessarily in any kind of order but they're in my collection and i listen to them often um i'm not some big know-it-all that knows everything about music and books and all this shit i just like to pass along you know good shit that i've heard things that that people can groove to we all need something to groove to especially during these days but Okay, the first album, I'm doing 10 at a time just so, you know, not to make an overwhelming list. And if you'd like, grab a pen or something, write these down and check them out if you've never heard them. If you're listening to this, you've probably heard some or most or all of them, but hell, I'll do it anyway. Here we go. 10 albums. Number one, Circle Jerks, Group Sex, Rollins Band, Lifetime. Number three, John Prine, Last Days. John Prine passed away last night, uh, April 8th. Uh, sad to say, one of the greatest songwriters of all time, in my opinion. Number four, Anti-Scene, Eat More Possum. Uh, number five, Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards, Viking. Number six, Dinosaur Jr., Handed Over. <clears throat> number seven, Off, Wasted Years. Number eight, Gigi Allen, Freaks, Faggots, Drunks, and Junkies. Number nine, Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. And number ten, Drive-By Truckers, Decoration Day. Uh, Hope you jotted some of those down. I hope you can look some of them up. Buy the vinyl. That's the only way to go. But help keep rocking out listening to good tunes. Thank you guys. good people back again with a list of 10 books that are in my life same with the uh, music these are books that i've read that i'd like to to pass along um like i said i'm not some genius fucking guy i just enjoy reading and and books have always been a really important part of my life it's kind of an escape for me so uh hopefully you can write some of these down and, and check them out and do yourself a favor, kick back, fucking relax, read a book, 
It truly does help you to relax and you know, not sweat shit so much. Takes your mind off shitty things. Okay, number one, Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Number two, Hunger by Nut Hampson. Number three, The Lost Country by William Gay. Number four, Rough Trade by Todd Robinson. Number five, A Scholar of Pain by Grant Jenkins. Number six, Faye by Larry Brown. Number seven, Scar Lover by Harry Cruz. Number eight, Cry Father by Benjamin Whitmer. Number nine, The Bitch, Les Edgerton. Number 10, US 101 by Tom Pitts. I appreciate you guys listening. Check these out. Hit me up if you want to. Socialfit77 at yahoo.com or leave a message. There's a button you can hit and leave me a voice message on the podcast if you'd like. Anyway, thank you guys for listening and I appreciate each and every one of you. Stay well. Stay indoors. Be smart. Wash your fucking hands. Be cool. Talk to you later, you guys. Tom with Frank by Joe S. Thomas. Frank was dog-tired as he punched the time clock for the umpteenth time. He had worked at the same paper plant for over 30 years. It was Friday. He looked forward to going home, avoiding the wife who seemed to hate everything about him, grabbing his fishing gear and heading to his honey hole. Yes, that was the plan. However, things just never seemed to work that way for Frank. He pulls into the long, rutted-out driveway that his wife's been bitching about for at least 15 years. She just can't seem to get it through her head that Frank hated the way it was, too, but they simply didn't have enough money to get it filled in, much less paid. As he neared the house, he could see his wife, Kathy, standing on the porch, eagerly awaiting his arrival. Frank thought to himself, maybe she missed me today. As he opened the door on his 1977 Thunderbird, He heard his bones cracking as he attempted to stand from his long, sickeningly familiar drive from the paper plant. Frank felt old, useless, and in the way. No sooner than he stepped a foot from the car, he heard Kathy yell, You need to go to the store if you want any kind of dinner in the near future. Frank turned back toward his car without a word, got in, stared hard at the woman he had married 20 years ago. Before Alex died, he had felt things were going fairly well. When he passed, it seems he took his mother's soul with him. At least Frank felt this way. Who are you to tell a man how to live, friend? Did Kathy not know just by looking at his gaunt, almost ghostly appearance as of late that he was dying inside too? Does she not hear him at 4 o'clock a.m. spilling his tears, blood, and soul out to God each night? simply asking the men upstairs for mercy on his soul, which is full to flowing over. Of course, Frank knows the divorce statistics after people lose a child. No two people grieve the same. Regardless, if you gave life to the flesh and blood, you are returning to the dust, just as the good book said we would. Frank made it to the grocery store after driving around and thinking for a while. He spent the last $30 he had on food for his wife and two other daughters. Frank was low. After bagging his groceries himself and paying 
for his order with three different credit cards. Frank was out of there. Walking to his car, he watched a Range Rover driven by a cute teenage girl with two young men in the back speed away. As Frank got to the T-Bird, he saw some sort of fast food condiment splattered all over the side of his passenger door. A lone teardrop fell from Frank's eye. All he could think was, my son Alex would have been the same age. Friends, there's no rhyme or reason to this story. It's just some time with Frank. You never know where Frank may be, but I assure you, he's around. Brutality on Bad Street, a night with Anticene in Atlanta, Georgia. Back in the early to mid-90s, our band Hellstomper was just beginning. Anticene was a staple of ours, and they were playing in Atlanta, so Alan King, his wife Christy, Thor, our cameraman and friend, myself, and my ex, who shall not be named because it causes inflammation, decided to head south to rock out with the boys. The place they were playing was a club called Dottie's that we'd never been to before and were having some trouble finding. After driving around for a bit, not having any luck finding the joint, we saw a cop hanging out at a convenience store, so we decided to pull in and ask him for directions to the place. The cop told us the general direction to the club and then, to our surprise, told us not to stop at the red lights. Just slow down and go on through. He then proceeded to give us his name and badge number in case anything happened. Hmm, rather strange, we thought. So after running many red lights and keeping our eyes peeled, we finally came upon the shittiest of shitty dives, Dotties in Atlanta, Georgia. If I'm not mistaken, it looked like two fucked up trailers welded together and a mecca for fucking skinheads. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this should be interesting. As we walked in, we noticed you could hardly move in the place. This crowd was really large. By some kind of divine intervention, Alan had a broken leg or something, so we decided to hang back so not to be slammed into by the wild dancing that goes on, and we had the ladies with us. Normally, Alan and I would have been, been front and center just like the other times we saw the boys play. I'd like to say that this was the best show that I'd ever seen, but I would be lying if I said I remembered a whole lot about the set. From the time Anticene hit the first notes on Today Your Love, Stormtrooper, skinhead boots started marching, beer bottles started breaking, and fists and feet started flying. It usually takes a bit to shock me. I've been to plenty of punk shows that had their share of violence, but this had my jaw on the floor. It seemed the whole floor erupted into a fight. As the people came like a wave toward Jeff and the boys, they would just knock them away and keep playing. The skinheads, who always travel in their coward pack, started skanking around this one guy with sheer evil in their eyes. I knew something was about to go down, but I didn't know what. Right as I was thinking this, one of the skins came up with a beer bottle and smashed it over the head of the poor unsuspecting guy that was just watching the show and having a good time. I'll never forget the look on that poor bastard's face. It was awful. This, one on, this went on throughout the whole show. It was even step up a notch when the fellas went into I Don't Like You, a song written by Screwdriver. I think the Skins might have thought that was their calling to really get the violence going. 
After this, I could no longer pay attention to the show. I was seeing red at every shaved head there. There was even a 900-pound gorilla skinhead bitch that was getting her licks in after the skin guys would damage somebody with a bottle. A poor guy was literally knocked out of his shoes and damn near unconscious until he was miraculously pulled out and away. Just as I was thinking this was going to turn into a full-on riot, a cop walked in. One cop. He took a look around at what was going on, turned on his heel, and got the fuck out of Dodge. Alan and I were just standing there in disbelief. There was broken glass, blood, and God knows what else all over the floor, the walls, and many of the patrons. Finally, I heard Mighty Joe start up Fuck All Y'all, and I'd never been more happy for a show to almost be over. Normally, I would have yelled encore, but this was just too much. These folks only came to fight and fuck shit up, and they did. I remember seeing Sir Barry Hannibal pop up off his drum seat like he was going to pound the shit out of one of the fuckers. I was wishing that he, he could have reached the motherfucker. If Barry hits you as hard as he hits his drums, you're through, son. Anti-Scene is playing in Atlanta tonight. I suppose that's why I'm writing this. I'm angry that I can't go due to the spinal fusion I've just had and am recovering from. There's no other band around like Anti-Scene. Some of the people who come to their shows completely get the wrong idea from the guys. They aren't a bunch of racist, racist bastards who thrive on violence. They're destructo masters and the undisputed heavyweight champions of rock and roll. If you're lucky enough to go see the guys, leave the destruction to Mr. Clayton and Mr. Mighty Joe Young. They're professionals. To all the skinhead pussies who ruined our evening that night, fuck all y'all. Good luck at the gig tonight, fellas. Wish I could be there. Your time.